Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Simon Dubner. Simon, your radio voice is getting professional. I kind of lost my voice this morning, you remember? You did. You were, you were a pony. I was a pony. A little horse. A horse, yeah. yeah. A little horse. So tonight we're doing something special. How, why'd you almost lose your voice? The Barca Atletico game, which is good to admit it. But tonight <laughs> we're doing something special. What's that? We're influenced by the rapper Future Hendrix. Mm-hmm. He did something I know recently. I am. Okay. <laughs> he did something recently where he had a big album coming out that he'd hyped up for a long time and then he released it. But then a week later, a few days later, he released a whole surprise second album. So we're doing the same thing. It's not a surprise. We're recording this episode, a full Barcelona episode. Ah. Uh, and then right after that, we're going to record a whole nother episode, a regular football episode, and we hope to have them both out at the same time. Well, I don't know about the same. Maybe one day after the next. Yeah. Now, as Will Goodlet, our friend Will Goodlet might say, when is a Footy for Two episode not a full Barcelona episode? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. No, this but is, no, this no, no, is no. only Barcelona. Okay, so basically, so this is the Barcelona. Basically, episode. the episode that people are about to hear is a full-on Barcelona episode, yeah. and then sometime in the next whatever half day or day. There will be another episode. Maybe in the same day, yeah. Maybe in the same day. Because we're recording them at least back-to-back. Okay, but they do need to then be... Are you going to wear a diaper like NASCAR drivers? <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to Kyle Busch on winning... Is it Kyle or Kurt? Who cares? Hey, I care. I mean, I pretended to care there. I think it's Kyle Busch on winning the Daytona 500. Is it? Yeah. You are America's champion of the rednecks. Solomon, that I, is so, say, that's yeah. so mean. That's so. I, I was in Memphis. That's this, exactly the kind of thing that if uh, when when someone on the other side of the political eye would say, you would say that they're being uh, bigoted and racist. And that's not racist. It's just no, I just feel superior. That's a very, that's a, I was in Memphis. This it was Kurt. Who did you say? One Kyle. It was Kurt. Yeah. I was in. They're, they're brothers. I think they're they're both real people. Mm-hmm. I was in Memphis this past week. Yeah, I like the North. You know the mo- the fine. worst part about the South? They have this crazy rule in dodgeball. If you get hit in the head, you're out. <laughs> I should tell my principal that rule because my principal did once peg me in the head in dodgeball. But let me back up. I think uh, I think you gotta be. Uh, I think you need to be truly. I mean, being tolerant means uh, even if some even if you totally dislike someone else's preferences, if they're not hurting you, let it be. So l- learn to love the Daytona 500. No, I don't have NASCAR can be funny. I know, but I you love make watching fun of it. I, you make fun I, of it. No, being... I'm not, I love watching cars explode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Barcelona. Barcelona. We had a huge win at Atletico 2-1. Real Madrid's game put a little bit of damper on that, but we're gonna get into that in the next episode. Sounds good. Uh, it was so, it was an exciting. We should say we went to the bu- to the pub yeah. with the Pena, and it, it was, was packed. It, it was packed. It was a it great. Was it was a it was a great experience. Yeah. Do you want to describe for people who have never been to like a you know. With a with a fan club to and watch. This gave in the me pub. an idea that we're going to talk about in a minute. Okay, um, it's it's all people. There's a very different crowd of people: working class, more more wealthy, um, from all different backgrounds. But we all come together for Barca. I think it's really mm-hmm. sweet. But as I say, is I think if Barca is on the Champions League final, and I guess Bayern isn't, because then Smithfield would be packed. Mm-hmm. I think we should think about having a little thing for FFT listeners to view it together. It's a good idea. In New York, I think. Did you just say if Barca's in the Champions League if Barca's final? Barca's not. Oh, if they're not in the Which Champions League. Which they probably won't be. Or, and if Bayern isn't. Oh, then be- have an FFT uh, viewing party at the pub. Yeah. Oh, because Bayern. Because we couldn't have it at our house. Because the Bayern fan club also meets there, you're yeah. saying. So they would dominate. Yeah. Who At this moment in time, who do you think will play in the Champions League final? I hate answering that question because you can't guess because it's a draw. Yeah. I think the four best teams, the four names of the best chance are Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, PSG, and Juventus. Mm. And so you're already counting Barca out. 
I, I mean, believe, but barely. Yeah. We'll get to that later. So All right, take it away. Atletico, we beat them 2-1 today. We went ahead in the 64th minute from a goal from Rafinha, who I told you was going to be great. I saw he was starting. You did, um, and I was in favor. It was it was a bit of a chaotic first half. Well, what would you call the first half? It was up boring. and down. It was boring. Oh, I disagree. It wasn't boring. It just wasn't like I mean, thrilling. I mean, even when Atleti had Barca on their it, heels, it was it was exciting. It, it was, was uh, you're right, you're right. Then in the stressful, 70th, I would call yeah, it. In the seventieth minute, of course, my my least favorite player outside Real Madrid, Diego Godin equalized. Really? Why is Godin? He's you? nasty. Oh, he's dirty. Also, he's Scored the goal at the Camp Nou to win them the league a few years mm. ago. Remember that last season. So wait, do you think he's nasty because he is good against Barca? No, he's also just a nasty guy. All right. Uh, What's your evidence for that? Watch him play football. Nasty um, physically, mostly. Yeah, I I believe he's a pretty nice guy off the pitch. Just all your Uruguayans are crazy on the pitch. That's what Suarez said himself. <laughs> who Who would you say if um if you were not a Barca fan? And you were assessing them um, subjectively, which I realize you're not capable of doing. Who would you say is the nastiest um, Barca player? I wouldn't say any of them are purely nasty. I'd say there are a few who I know I'd hate. Mm-hmm. I think I'd hate Boosty because he's really? known for diving. He does really? dive a lot. Huh. Yeah. Obvi- oh, of course, obviously Suarez. Mm-hmm. I could see people not liking Ney. I could see Ney. You know, it's funny watching Ney today. He infuriates opposition. He infuriates the, the opposition. The thing with Leo and Ronaldo is. Of course, Madrid fans, for the most part, hate Leo. Mm-hmm. But I think Ronaldo as a neutral is much, much easier to hate, just his personality. Yeah, but there's something about Ney, maybe because he's still young, but he seems yeah. to con- he seems to show off a lot. Yeah, and um, he gets a lot of criticism. Yeah, I can see. I wish, he'd, I wish he'd. Uh, I wish he wouldn't, because I don't think it helps the team. Yeah, sometimes it helps. And sometimes it's so fun to watch, because he, he can do some pretty amazing things. If, absolutely, but like, wouldn't you think it's even more amazing if you weren't like, yeah. like yeah. sometimes when he'll get the ball and he'll just like, he'll toy well, He does with a lot of the end of games. Yeah. Leo does it, but only for the purpose of getting something done. Yeah. Because if Leo could do anything he wants, you know who tries to do it but just can't? Suarez. Not mm, yeah, he's Anyway, a- I told you you were going to win. Not me because I thought it because I needed to believe it. <laughs> but we did. Can you guess who? You know who scored, of course. There's only, in the ACD attendance, there's only one guy who you know is going to do it. The best player of all time. It was Jeremy uh, Matteo. <laughs> and I can't lean on Matteo didn't have a Messi. bad game until he, he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but Messi, yeah. Sprained Messi, ankle. Messi came so in right. in the, uh, Messi scored in the, was it the 87th? 86th, 87th, I don't remember. Yeah. I, last one, I really lost my voice. I was almost crying, did you see? You were. That's you were. always I whenever Barca scores in big games and important game, I'm almost always on the verge of tears. To me, I didn't feel the magnitude of the game until about a third of the way in. I almost killed you when I was jumping on you. You did almost you did you, you I was aware it might kill you when I jumped right on I thought it was worth it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um talk about you uh you noted that the Barca defense was a little bit different today. Yeah, um we were playing the official team sheet listed it as a the usual bars of four three three, but you could tell once the game started and what Lou just said at press conference after. You look tired. No, I'm closing my eyes because I like to listen oh. when I can't hear you, and that way I can tell. Can I see if you wonder. And, and was that poor can, taste? Then I can tell if you're talking too fast. Yeah. If I'm just listening, and then I I tell yeah. you to slow was down. Was that a poor taste? A little bit. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um. So we were three four three four three. In attack, so the back three was, uh, and then for any amateurs out there, no judgment. The formation does not include the goalkeeper, so that's why it's ten eleven. The back three was 
Masteron. Uh, no, I no. mean Umtiti, who was unbelievable, kept Griezmann in his pocket the whole game. Uh, PK and Mathieu. Left midfield, not left wing, the left midfield was Iniesta. You mean not left back. Oh, yeah. oh Iniesta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the two central mids were... Uh, Wait, so Busquets, where's Sergi in there? Busquets yeah. and Sergi. Yeah. And then Rafinha was right mid. Gotcha. And then, of course, I was in up front. And then we transitioned to a 4-4-2 in defense, which means the solid back four, master, uh, not master, not really, Titi, Busquets, not Busquets, PK, Mathieu, and Roberto. And then the four, it was Iniesta on the left, uh, Rafinha on the right, Busi in the middle, and Leo in the middle. But granted, Leo, it's hard to kind of inform because he has full permission to do whatever he wants. So at times it was a... Four three one two with him mm-hmm. occupying number ten role, and then Suarez and A up front. Who would you say most and least impressed you today? It was it was a good team performance. Boosie was great in the first half, fairly poor in the second. Suarez mm-hmm. did not impress me. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. He's been a little rocky lately. I thought Leo was pretty good. Rafinha was good overall. But I th- I'd say the three best were Rene, mm-hmm. uh, and the the greatest were Mats. Marguerite second has been unbelievable this year, almost as important as Messi sometimes, and Umtiti. Yeah, Umtiti was... PK uh, was good, too. PK's just a solid defender. I like him. He is. How would you describe Umtiti's... Um, see, I feel, um, as, a, as a, a new fan, I feel pretty confident in my ability to assess Umtiti because I've been around longer than he's been around, which isn't that long. And we saw him play a bunch of times in France this summer uh, during the Euros where he, he was not a starter when the tournament started. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me... Um, I, he has a sense of um, he managed to calm. keep he managed to keep Mothnaldo quiet in the final. Who Mothnaldo? Who's that? I don't think oh, you get. Remember yeah, the moths? Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was cheeky. Uh, it was that was cheeky. But how would you assess his uh, progress overall? I think he's been unbelievable. I've heard he's incredibly dedicated to. He has a whole uh, studio or whatever set up in his apartment, so for him to rewatch game footage, not just at the training ground, but mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole, everyone loves him. I've heard. Um, I think he's gonna, he's gonna be one of our great best signings. So as of roughly noon Eastern time today, Sunday when we're recording, yeah. uh, Barca was looking um, pretty good in the Liga race. As of about three thirty, they were looking really good because. No, remember this is for the next episode. Oh. Do we do it now? Part two. Should oh, we do it no, now? It's okay. It's all right. We can if you want. No, if anybody's yeah. if anybody's so eager to know what happened to Real Madrid today and doesn't know, they can certainly look it up. Yeah. So, no, it's your episode. Uh, Take it away. Hey. Where are we going? We're gonna go to my top eleven choices for the new Barca manager. I've only written down eight by three. So, honorable whoa, mentions. whoa, whoa! Give us a little context here. Why are you talking about new managers? Luis Enrique has been a wonderful success, but the project is over. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are those someone else's words you're yeah, saying? Yeah, is- Total Barca, a good website. Oh, I see. Yeah. The the project is over? Yeah. Meaning, and explain that. Every manager is a project trying to implement something new in the club, advance somehow. He he, he was to shift away from possession dependence, which he has to an extent, and it's all more direct style, which he's done very well. He's won so far like eight out of 10 trophies, which is unbelievable. And I think it's going to be 11 out of. Well, I know I don't know numbers. It might not be eight out of ten. Well, let me ask you this: Explain why. Okay, so regardless of how they end up doing this year and how many cups they win, you know, right now they could win anywhere from 
one title from zero titles to three titles. Although yeah. three is very unlikely because the Champions League is looking grim, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say they win two. Let's say they win the Copa, which they have a good chance, they're in the final. And let's say they win the Liga, which they have a chance, a pretty good a chance. Very, I say it's almost 50 50. All right, you can say that. I disagree, but whatever. Let's say it's 50 yeah. 50. Mm-hmm. Let's, say, let's say they win both. And again, I know this happens all the time, but I just don't understand it that well because I don't know the way the leagues think and the way the clubs work and and all that. But why is it so typical for managers who've been successful to move on? First, at a and club. sorry, sorry, and let me just add. And why is there so much turnover in managers? First, at, for example, at a huge club like Barca, it's partially out of self interest. What do you mean? It's just so taxing emotionally, physically, oh, everything. Which their like self-interest. Pep, yeah. Pep left after four years of sabbatical. Everyone expects Lucho to take a sabbatical when he leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think he'll move into the apartment where Pep lived right near us? And that'd be nice. They're, they're very good friends, mm-hmm. I hope. David Villa sent his hits to Columbia Grammar because Pep did. Let me ask you this. Let's pretend for a minute that Lucho moved a few blocks from us. What would you, as a as a as a as a fan, do to thank him? Would you like bring him fresh donuts every morning? Or I what? think so. I think I would definitely visit him a lot. I'd probably get him on the show. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he'd do it. Do you? Sure. Yeah. Just go down to his apartment. Go down to his lobby with, with some the roses. With some roses. <laughs> Dressed up in a lace underwear outfit for Luis Enrique. <laughs> I think that might not work, but that's just a hunch. <laughs> He's a triathloner. Uh, or so, an Iron Man, or and that, that matters. And that makes you think that the lace outfit will or will not work. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, three years now it'll be is enough. It's he's imparted his ideas. He's mm-hmm. gotten a lot out of the squad, but at, they're going to grow sick of each other. They need change, and that's not a bad thing. Um, so are you mommy, sa- daddy still love you just as much, it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> So are you saying that all relationships uh, should uh, should expire uh, gracefully before they curdle? Yeah. So what about us? What about you and me? I, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying in football. This is a football podcast. Is it a football relationship though? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I would say primarily it's a it's a parental relationship or a filial and fried relationship. chicken. Yeah, it's really about the fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are you just high on fried chicken tonight? Is that I why am. you're so happy? I am. Yeah. We should say Sunday nights I usually make fried chicken. Yeah. I'm not much of a cook, but fried yes, chicken. You are. You're pretty good. Fried Steve. chicken I can make. Um, all right. So so you have a list of potential managers. Yeah. Now and let me just ask you, um, what would you say as of today, the likelihood that Luis Enrique will be gone from Barcelona? Very high. What's I say eighty percent. Really? So I I even if they win two even if they win the Copa and the league. Yes. Well. Also, this contract expires, so it makes it easier, so they don't have to flat out sack him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so he I was working off a one-year extension, or no? Or this was the initial term. It was a three-year term. It was, it was an original two-year deal, and he signed an extension this year after gotcha. we won the travel in the first okay. year. Okay, carry on. So I've written a list of eight managers. I'm going to say three honorable mentions first, who I for, who I either signed out to, or I just completely forgot to put on the list. Sure. The categories are the classic Barca appointment. Okay. And these are all ranked. Uh, the next best. And the top choices. So that's a total of eight, but you said you thought of a couple others. Yeah, I'm not going to explain. I'm just going to say their names. Sure. Arsene Wenger Ah. of Arsenal. Well, he'd have to be fired from there first or quit. Yeah. What do you think the odds of that are? I don't care because I don't want him. But I think it's time for him to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eduardo Brizzo of Celta Vigo. And Leonardo Jardim of, how you say, Monaco. Okay, very good. Those are your honorable mentions. Okay, so the next category would be. What do you mean by the classic Barca? These are classic Barca appointments who you would expect, like oh. their traditional appointments. Number eight, 
my personal friend, <laughs> Roberto Martinez, the current manager of Belgium. He's your personal friend because yeah. why? We met at BlazerCon, and mm-hmm. he was super nice to me. <laughs> I just wrote a little bit about each manager about, about them personally and their biggest achievement or best strength and their biggest flaw or failure. Let's hear it. Uh, Roberto Martinez is Catalan, which is nice. Mm-hmm. He's an attacking coach, and he's a kind person I know personally and a fair manager who his players enjoy playing for him, but they know not to cross him because he will play them train with the reserves. He will what? Sorry. Make them train with the reserves, uh-huh. the backup team. Mm-hmm. Uh, his biggest achievement, I put two. He led Everton to a fifth place finish in his first season, which was a big deal. But, but he kind of peaked early there, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And then he and before that he won the FA Cup at Wigan. Mm. I remember uh, that. Gr- Weren't we watching it uh oh, no. no. Who won the FA Cup uh when we were watching it uh Legends? Didn't somebody was We were watching the semifinal as Arsenal against Wigan. Uh, uh, Maybe it was a quarterfinal. Uh, I think it was a semifinal. Never mind. Okay. Uh, and it's but, but his biggest failure is that same season they won the FA Cup with Wigan. He was relegated. Oof. And then his struggles with Everton led to a sacking. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, your friend Roberto Martinez. Who's next? Number seven, Eusebio Sacristan. Uh, he's a classic Barca choice. He's a former Barca B manager like Pep and Lucho. He managed Celta Vigo, interestingly, like Lucho. He um, managed at, uh, I mean, no, he played at Barca for seven years, like Pep and Lucho, a little longer, I think, both. Or maybe not Lucho, but they were both significant Barca players. Um, he served as Frank Reichardt's assistant, the manager before Pep. And right now, one of the best parts is he can, he knows better than anyone how to play Barca football perfectly, possession, passing, attacking. Granted, he might be too similar to Luis Enrique, which would be a problem. Um, but his, he's at Sociedad right now. He's taking them on the verge of Champions League qualification with a pretty mediocre team, which is a wow. big deal. Um, honestly, I feel like I should have put him higher on this list. How how um, how many seasons has he been at Real Sociedad? This is his first. He replaced, or maybe it's like one and a half. And he, re- he replaced the best manager in the world. Um, Fifi Cazorla? David Moyes. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, where did uh, Sociedad finish last year? Can you get a drum roll? Sounds more like a... Yeah, a little long because our internet's slow. <laughs> Wait, I put in the wrong... <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get an amen? Only one amen? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still looking. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, last year they finished ninth. Okay, uh, sixteen points off Champions League qualification, and that was his. Uh, and he finished up the season there last year. You say? I'm not sure. Okay. In any case, Eusebio, not the legendary Eusebio, who's dead. Right. So that would be a bad managing choice. <laughs> the best Portuguese player of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. See what I did there? Uh, I do see what you did. Two, start. my three, of my least favorite players ever are Portuguese. Hmm. You know, one off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo. Three of your least favorite? Yeah. Ever. One of them's retired. Mm, don't know. He ran for FIFA president. Um, not Platini who won. Is that who won? He was UEFA. Mm. Luis uh, Figo. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a Real Madrid thing as well. Yeah. The reason you hate him? He left Barca for Real for the money. Right. And who's your third? Uh, I hate him. Just because he's good. No, because he's nasty. Well... But he's nasty good. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's uh, Eusebio. Yeah, he uh, his, his biggest team, as I said, is Sociedad this season. Um, his biggest 
uh, failure was his Barca B team, though he's good for a while, he suffered. He may have been relegated at one point. I think that's incorrect, but it mm-hmm. might. I mm-hmm. think no, I think he was doing so badly that he got fired and they were relegated after he left. Mm-hmm. And he struggled coaching Celta Vigo while he was in the second division. Mm. So that doesn't sound like he's... Sounds like he belongs at number seven on your list. No higher. But I like him a lot. The right. next best. The next best. Those Meaning seven. these are kind of second tier? Yeah. And would you, does, this, does that mean that you'd be quite happy with any of these? Or Yes, it does, sir. All right, what do you have? Number six, Ernesto Valverde of Athletic Bilbao. He's a great Spanish coach who he's consistently able to, to beat Barca or at least cause them a lot of trouble. He, when they beat 5-1 in aggregate in the Supercopa final in 2015, he he is something about him that is a thing about a lot of the candidates on this list. He's a master of the high pressing system, which Barca is the easiest way to beat Barca is when they're most vulnerable. Mm. Um, so he knows how to get results in that regard. He I knows see. how to combat high pressing. Interesting, he's so good at it. Has, is Barca? Um, I'm probably wrong on this. I would assume I would say that Barca is not a high pressing squad for the most part. In ways they are mm-hmm. the. They they're naturally positioned so high up the pitch, like the center backs camping out around the center circle. That's mm-hmm. kind of high pressing, but the high pressing I'm talking about is just constantly not letting it play, the other team play off in the back. Basically, the way Atleti did today. Yeah, which is what Barca was a little more under Pep. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um, so, what more can you tell us about Valverde? He's um, his biggest achievement. I think is consistently challenging for the Champions League qualification. I think even making it a few times, maybe with Athletic Bilbao. And you know they can only play Bosque players. That's their oh, role. Oh, that's their that's their club. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Wait. Wait, is that them or so? No, yeah, it's them, not Sociedad. Okay. Um, his biggest failure or his flaw in this case. Uh, no one knows how well you can play beautiful possession football. Do you have to be able to do to, to coach Barca? Okay, but you'd be happy if he were appointed. I like it. Number five, I'm now wish I wishing I'd flop flip flop with Valverde, even me Eusebio. Okay, is Yogi Love. Uh-huh. Germany's coach. Who's <laughs> Why do you wish you'd flip flopped with him now? Just seems well, unlikely or eh, not a good unlikely. fit. He's German. No, I, I'm joking. I'm joking. His, I'll just say his biggest weakness, which is amazing, is he's never managed an elite club, so he didn't have a lot, a lot of learning to do. Mm-hmm. Where was um, he before running Germany? He, he was, was assistant, assistant manager to Jurgen Klinsmann. That's right. Right. Uh, he's an experienced coach. Who's, he's known to make his players happy, mm-hmm. and he's a very good tactician too. He would be respected by all the Barca players, and obviously his biggest achievement is winning the World Cup of Germany in 2014. Uh, number five. Oh, no, he was number five. Silly me. Number four. And so the this best is right outside your, this is right dish. outside the premium list. Yeah. Okay. Thomas Tuchel of Breezer Dortmund. Another. They're great a, on FIFA, I have to say. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah, he has fine. to do with that. But. He does. He's a great young coach. He's 43. He, his team is so fun to watch Dortmund. They're counterattacking, they're high pressing. But I don't know if he could play the beautiful possession football that Barca plays. I think he could. But can I just say, who cares if you? I mean, how important is it to play the style that Barca is? Barca wouldn't hire Madrid couldn't do that without mm-hmm. a doubt. And I support as part of what makes Barca Barca. When you start losing, your Barca's their club motto besides Messi and Club Real Madrid. I forget the word in Spanish is gentlemanliness. That's mm-hmm. what they go by. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Barca's is valor or values, and one of the values is. This beautiful football that everyone's committed to. And if you lose that, you start losing the club. Okay. And that's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. But I guess in terms of winning, which is obviously pretty important, there's, you know, every, as everybody knows in sport, once you do something for a while and have success with it, 
everybody else copies it, then you need mm. to do something different. So that's I'm just raising. The I point. agree, but there's no no one's been able to copy our style of football that completely yet. I yeah, I don't think anyone ever will be able to. All right, um, Mark Bartra, former Barca, is now at Dortmund. Says he can definitely see Tuchel coaching Dortmund, coaching Barca one day. He can definitely perfect Barca on the counterattack, which will be great. And mm-hmm. one thing that you have to be good at to be a Barca manager usually, which Luis Enrique does is not good at, is developing young players. Uh-huh. Lucho barely gives young players chances, or at least B team players. And you see him get buying all these young players like Alexander Isaac. I'm talking about Tuchel, Usman Dembele, Christian Pulisic. He's playing mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Emre Moore. Uh, but Mike let me ask Amarina, you this: If you were the manager of Barca. You wouldn't want to give a lot of young players a lot of time, would you? I mean, look Pep at the, like to. They're so stacked that I mean, you've yeah. got to get time for well, your. He, almost everyone we signed this summer is very young. Yeah, uh, his biggest achievement was leading Mines to their sec and in, in this their second season back up in the Bundesliga. He didn't get them promoted. He took over once they were promoted. Mm-hmm. He led them to fifth place, including winning their first seven games, including at Bayern Munich. His uh, biggest flaw. Is why I said he might be able to coach possession side football passing. I don't know if he could do it. I think he could. I'm starting to think he should be in the top choices category. But <laughs> say that be, that's not I like how you're, uh, as you're giving your list, yeah, you're realize, constantly demoting and promoting people. Yeah, and I realize I should have put Leonardo Jardim of Monaco way higher here. But I should put him on if I'm putting on. Now, number three, the top so wait, choices. So, these are your t- so, so the top three are any of these you'd be, what, thrilled or no? Thrilled. Steve. All right. Thrilled. Let's hear what you got. Thrilled. Right. <laughs> Number three, Mauricio Pochettino of Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. He's great. He's young. He's forty-four. Uh, he he's he's great at he's coaches high pressing as well as possession, which is perfect for Barca. So he could help us cope with high pressing. He could help us do it. He could help us play possession. Um, he knows La Liga very well, which could be a problem because the reason he knows is he's a former manager and player for one of our big rivals, Espanol. But that's okay. They're so terrible. We don't need to worry about that. His biggest achievement, I'd say, is taking a decent, pretty mediocre Southampton team, turning them into a very good team. It's exciting to watch. And he did the same at Tottenham, who um, he turned them almost into title winners last year. Mm-hmm. And, and Spurs are having another good year. Yeah. I think they finished second or third. His biggest flaw is he's never won a trophy. Mm. Well, which, he could get used to yeah. that at Barca. His under, I understand the league part because... The size of the clubs he's managed, you don't, wouldn't expect him to win a league title. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if he'd won a cup, but I understand it, it's no big deal. And he's t- he took the Spurs to League Cup, then the Cup Run Cup Final 25, and there they lost to Chelsea. Number two, Jorge Sampioli. He's a genius tactically. He wasn't hired this summer by Chelsea. Partially his choice, partially theirs, just because he didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, he can help Barca in so many ways high pressing, possession, um, he, Barca players love him. But he's known to have an amazing team spirit. He's what I've talked about before, a, a disciple of Marcel Bielsa. Have I talked about that? Mm-mm. I have. You probably forgot, but I still mm-hmm. love you. Uh, Chilean, our time forget coach, Sempre is Chilean, who's he, Pep learned from him, a possession high pressing coach. I've learned really a lot about him. He coaches, I, I forget where now. I want to say Marseille, but I think I, I think he, he just left this year. I forget where he is now. Um. He spent two days in charge of Lazio before quitting over some disagreement. He he would, I think he'd be unbelievable. His biggest achievement was leading a Chile team that was pretty talented, not the most. Granted, they were home to winning the Copa America first time ever, I think, or first time in 100 years, 2015. And his biggest flaw, which isn't that big, is that this season at Sevilla is his first European football and therefore the first in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. 
but I think he'd be a great signing. And he's, I'm really not sure if I'd rather him or this guy who's about to be my first choice. So that was number two. Th- yeah. Was that your have, number two choice? Yeah, have or? you read my number one? I'll look at it right No, because I want you to try to guess. Is it too late? I'm not gonna know. I'm gonna have no idea. If I if I hadn't if I had had to guess one you say manager, Pat. no, no, I wouldn't say that. I would have said Pacchettini, just because I hear Pacchettino, because I hear yeah. you talk about um, um. I also think that if you could have anyone, if it were real, if if you could have anyone, they didn't have to be possibly available. I think you might say Conte, just because I know that you really. If I had just anyone in the world, I'd take Pep. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. All right, so who's your number one? The one, the only, Massimiliano Allegri. Pardon me? Massimiliano Allegri. Massimiliano uh-huh. Allegri. It's and a long name. And where I he? tried to say it fast to save time, so that took me like an hour. <laughs> he's at Juventus. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. Tactically, he's taken what Conte did and made it better. He's playing with a back three, back four, back five, which I think would be great. Barthes could teach us any system. He's tactically very flexible. He'll refurbish a touchdown 4-3-3. Um, I'd love to see us play back three and back five more like we tried today. He knows how to play amazing, beautiful football. He's pretty well with the Champions League and Serie A. He, took, he won Milan their first title in a while in 2010. He was eventually fired there, which is why he's not popular with the Juve fans when they took him. He failed at their rival, who's a little worse than them now. But his biggest achievement, I think, happened in Juve in the first season where he won them a domestic double and did it again the next season, but the first season, he took them to the Champions League final where, of course, they lost to the best team in the world. <laughs> the biggest flaw, which is tiny, which because I don't think it'll be a problem, is he's very laid back in his man management, which could, which usually makes the players love him. Granted, they might try to, try to take advantage of him. Do you think it, Barca is the kind of team with so many superstars that they will would take advantage of? Uh... So many superstars, yes, but what people observe, like Zlatan, who knows he's a superstar, granted, he is very humble. He said Leo and Iniesta and guys like that, they act like little schoolboys because mm. they've just grown up with the values of La Masia. Mm-hmm. You know, they know they are superstars, they don't act like it, so they can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But he recently had a big falling out with Leonardo Benucci. Who's star, Benucci? Star defender at Juve, but they just made up. Uh, yeah, so those are my top managers. Do you ever think you know too much about the sport of football? Yeah. <laughs> So you're so that's just, I would just like to hear the top three again in reverse order from three, two, and one. Mauricio Pochettino of Tottenham. Okay. Jorge Sampioli of Sevilla. Yeah. And Massimiliano Allegri. But all three of those are so close, I'd love any of that. So you put the chances of uh, Enrique not returning at about 80%, yeah. I believe you yeah. said? Yeah. Let me just say, no, this is Barca. They are not afraid to make a brave appointment. There's a very real chance to appoint someone from South America somewhere that no one's ever heard of. Really? That's what I did. When we hired Lucho, he was not famous. When we hired Tata Martino, which didn't work out. No one knew who he was. Tito Villanova had never managed a first team. Granted, he'd mm. managed, he'd always been Pep's go to. Pep had only managed Barca B. Frank Reichardt was a big deal before that. In think. those cases where the manager was not well known, what were what would you say were the primary characteristics that stood out for the but, board? Well, when Pep was hired, do you know who was down to besides him? No. Guess. No idea. You can get it. No idea. You can get it. I know you can. Um, that was what, like six years ago? Two thousand eight. 2009. No, eight, 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 eight years ago, nine. Eight, um, they just left Chelsea. Or recently, Jose Mourinho. Oh, oh, oh. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they thought Mourinho was too arrogant, flashy, controversial. And that they knew Pep, even though Mourinho had been at Barca as a translator and assistant coach, 
and good friends with Pep. Mm-hmm. This is where their whole feud started, but before they were very good friends. I see. In retrospect, pretty good decision. Pretty good. <laughs> Maybe the best decision ever made by any board to hire All right, anyone. so... Um, we're not done with this episode. Oh, sorry. We got to get to my transfer choices. Okay, please. So I wrote the player we're going to sell, yeah. who we should keep, who are returning from loan, who to buy and who to promote from the B team. Okay. To sell, there's one name there. We'd like to read it. <laughs> Uh, I don't even have to read your outline because I know it's German, Matthias. Yes, it is. He's just old. We don't need him anymore. Uh, players to keep training from loan are Sergi Samper. Who's where now? Granada. Mm-hmm. Thomas Vermaelen. I forgot about Vermaelen. Yeah. Where is he? Uh, Roma. How's he doing? Well, when he's fit, which I'm not sure he is now. Okay. Players to buy. I wrote one, two, three, four, five, four, <laughs> and six, and seven, who I forgot to write before. <laughs> but, you know... These are the players you'd like to buy. Yeah, Hector Bellerin, I think we need him right back. Gerard De La Feu, we can get him for cheap, even though he should be expensive. He's at Everton. Mm-hmm. Former Barca, we have a buy-pack clause in him for, I think, 10 or 13 million pounds. Something I know this from Football Manager. Um, Stefan de Vries from uh, Lazio, great young center back who Chelsea want. Moussa Dembele from uh, Celtic. I think we need a new strike backup striker. I'm not liking Paco so far. Marco Verratti. That's if Rakitic is sold, uh, which I hope he's not, but he might be. Uh, Philippe Coutinho and Kylian Mbappe from Monaco. So that's your wish list for buying. How many of those will actually? How many? How many players do you think actually get bought this? Three to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, the three players I like to promote from the B team are well, Yerry Mina. I didn't write. If we sign him, I think that's official. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlon, center back. Marlon was playing a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, but yeah. I wanted to be a full first team member next year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carlos Alenia, the new Iniesta, if there ever is one, and Sergio Palencia. Sergio Palencia. I learned a lot from you, you today. Mostly I learned how much you know and how uh, humbling how mu- it is to much, be in your how presence. How much you need to monitor my free time. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think reading about football is an excellent use of free time. Thank you. So, uh, I have a request I'm going to make on air so you can't deny me and be a terrible father and say sure. no. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. You might before we record the next episode, I take a quick leftover fried chicken break. <laughs> I think that's fine. So in closing, let me just say, Barca's close win today made us say, whew. <laughs> <laughs> South Paper 1 is buddy for Dan. I'm talking to you. See you in two minutes. See you soon. Mm-hmm.